tonight. Amen. Thank you, Brother John Wilson, the music team, worship team. Thank you to everybody who is here tonight on this nice, chilly October fall evening. Feels good in the house of God. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We're going to go into the word of the Lord tonight, and we're going to, we're going to speak about uh, sowing the seed, reaping the harvest. Last week, we talked about uh, the sowing of seed in terms of, of even financial blessing, uh, how that when we sow into the kingdom of God, that, that he will respond with uh, his blessing. Uh, and we know that to be the, the truth. Amen. Uh, but this is a principle that spans all of life. It's a principle that spans all of, of uh, the way that we live and the way that we conduct ourselves. There is simply a principle that is true. When you sow seed, you reap a harvest. And so we want to be careful, the seed we sow, and we want to be deliberate with the seed that we sow. And so I, I want to begin with the, the basis of tonight's lesson from the book of Galatians, chapter 6. The book of Galatians, chapter 6. We're going to go through several passages of Scripture uh, tonight. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to read those to you uh, and to uh, just expound on them by the help of the Lord. Galatians 6 and verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So I want to talk to you tonight about the fact that there is a way to sow to the Spirit and reap of the Spirit life everlasting. And there is a way to sow to the flesh and reap of the flesh corruption. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how to and certain ways that you can sow to the Spirit. And because you're sowing to the Spirit, you reap the benefit of having sown spiritually. Now, you need to understand and, and remember as you're going through a season of sowing, that it takes a while for that seed to go down into the ground and for that seed to be broken up by the forces that exist underground and that soon that seed will open up and that seed will come forth and will, will flourish from the ground and it will, it will flourish in the way that it is intended to. The forces of nature move upon the seed and what is locked inside that seed will come out and the whole universe that exists inside that seed will eventually manifest itself. I remember the excavations that were done uh, in the holy city, Jerusalem, uh, in old Jerusalem. They're continually excavating and re-excavating in that area. And as they do, they sometimes... Uh, come upon some very interesting finds, archaeological finds and things that are related to history. Some of the history that they come across is, uh, is very unique. For instance, they came across some plant life that was thought to have been extinct. But as they dug up the ground and, 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 and shall I say, broke up the fallow ground, they disturbed the seed that was under the soil and the seed came forth and the plants that had been thought to have been extinct began to grow. The plants began to grow. And so old seed produced new harvest. That is something you have to remember when you are sowing spiritually. This is why in Galatians 6 and 9 the scripture says, let us not be weary when we're doing well and when we're doing good things and when we're doing what is right, it may seem like it's taking a while, but keep doing it because due season is coming and if you don't faint, you will reap. Now, it's the devil's goal to get you to faint. 
in the process of doing good. He wants to, he wants to war against your soul. He wants to war against your mind. And he wants to, to prevent you from reaching that place of reaping the harvest. But keep sowing the seed and eventually you will reap the harvest in due season. Even seed that was sown a long time ago can come in the form of a new harvest if you will break up the fallow ground. Sometimes that's what you've got to do. You've got to break up the fallow ground. Now we talk about the fact that Man was formed of the dust of the ground. So when the Bible speaks about ground, it is, a, it is an analogy to, to the human being. So, so I represent ground. My flesh represents uh, the ground. And when I, in order for me to break up the fallow ground in my own life, it's, it's me disturbing this flesh or this carnal nature, this, this man that I am. That's why we're here tonight to hear the word of the Lord. Because we want the Word of God to prick our hearts. We want the Word of God to pierce through the, the, the carnal shell that we put up around ourselves. And make us think differently about some things. And cause us to step away and be detached a little bit from our paradigm, if you please. And, and move us from the perspective, perhaps, that we've had. And what happens is, it breaks up that flesh, it breaks up that fallow ground and seed that was sown in us maybe years ago can begin to flourish into a new harvest so I want to talk to you about some ways what does it mean to sow to the spirit let me tell you one of the ways that a person can sow to the spirit you can sow to the spirit through prayer prayer is a way of sowing to the spirit pray always Lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. Pray without ceasing. The scripture says to pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Pray and pray and pray some more. Pray about everything you're worried about. Pray about everything that's bothering you. Keep on praying. Philippians chapter 4 tells us to pray in everything. Verse number 6, be careful for nothing. Now that doesn't mean not to practice good caution. It means don't be full of care. It's referring to the cares of this life. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So in other words, don't lay awake and worry about it. But pray about it and give it to God. So you can go on to sleep. For so he hath given his beloved sleep. Too many saints of God are laying awake at night fretting and worrying and doubting. And scared about things they need to pray about and give it to God. The Bible says by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So by prayer and supplication. That means prayer I'm talking to God. I'm communicating with God. And, by, and supplication I'm making my petitions known to him. And I'm doing it with thanksgiving. I'm doing it with the knowledge that he hears my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for opening your ears unto my cry. Hallelujah. I don't have to beg God to hear me. I, I can speak to him with confidence that he hears my cry. So by prayer and by supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's sowing the seed. Now you're going to reap the harvest. Here's the harvest. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you, you, the, the age-old challenge, right, of keeping your mind... Stayed on Jesus? That's everybody's challenge. 
you know, just, you just got to think about the goodness of God. You just got to think about, well, I'm trying to think about it. And all I can think about is what thing I'm worried about. So he tells us, okay, then sow the seed in order to reap the harvest. You want to you want the peace of God to pass all understanding? You want the peace of God to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus? Then you sow the seed. That harvest is a harvest from a particular kind of seed. So, so a lot of people are not reaping the harvest of peace that passes understanding because they're not sowing the seed of prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. But if you'll sow the seed of prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you will reap the harvest of the peace of God which passes understanding. So you sow the seed of prayer. Amen. Notice what the word of the Lord says about, about prayer in the book of James. James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse number 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I want you to know that the Bible speaks a lot about prayer. You know, we, are, we can do nothing without prayer. It is foolish for us to think we can be a church without prayer. It's foolish for us to think we can preach without prayer or teach without prayer or sing without prayer or worship without prayer or minister to people without prayer. We have to ask of the Lord for his anointing. We have to ask of the Lord for his power to operate in our lives. We have to ask him to anoint our tongue. We have to ask him, hallelujah, to, 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 to saturate our minds and to watch over our lives and watch over our family. We need to be continually praying. And so they prayed a lot in the, in the early church, and we must pray because we're still the early church. Amen. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Pray one for another that you may be healed. So this is sowing seed. We sow the seed of praying one for another. We reap the harvest of healing. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly. Does that describe your prayer? Does that describe your prayer? I don't know. It's a question that you have to answer honestly. Do you have earnest prayer going on in your life? Elijah was a man. He was subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. He prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit you sow the seed of prayer you'll reap the harvest of the miraculous so much happens when we pray so much happens when we pray remember that the the word is seed and the seed is the word and so so yes the seed is the word of God but the seed is also the word of faith so when you pray, you are depositing seeds of faith. You are pouring seeds of faith into these circumstances. You pray believing that as you pray it, it is done. You pray believing that as you say it and pray it and declare it, that it is being done even as the words come out of your mouth. When you pray, pray in faith believing Nothing wavering. Don't be tossed to and fro by doubt and by conjecture of whether or not your prayer will be answered. But pray with the faith and the belief that as you pray it, it is being done even as you declare it. 
in the name of Jesus. Sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed. If the seed is not sown, harvest, harvests cannot be reaped. We expect to reap harvest, but many times we expect a harvest that we did not sow. We want a harvest of his peace. We want a harvest of his joy. We want a harvest of his goodness. But many times we expect those things after we have not sown into those things. But when you sow to the Spirit in prayer, I want you to know that you shall reap a harvest. It is because of the goodness of the Lord, yes. It is also a principle of God. I want to explain that to you. It is a principle of God. This is why some people who don't, even, who don't even attend church will give tithe because they know there's a blessing in it. And they believe in the divine principle of giving and they know that God has encoded in that principle of giving the harvest. And so they give unto the Lord and the Lord gives back to them. Because there is a principle at work. This is true of prayer. Now, if you are, if you know anything about sowing, you know that it takes time. And you know that things happen in seasons. We can grow weary. We can grow frustrated in seasons of sowing. And we can miss out on the season of reaping. If you, for instance, have a goal, if, you know, January is coming up. This is when a lot of people make uh, resolutions and determinations of what they want to see uh, different in their life. Uh, physical fitness centers are packed out on January 2nd, January 3rd, January 4th, January 5th, it starts to drop off a little bit. January 6th, drop off a little bit more. January 7th and 8th and 9th, and then by the 10th, it's just back to business as usual. Because people grow weary with the process and they they don't take the time to think about or consider that if they'll keep sowing and keep planting and keep working that that the season of sowing is an extended period of time but if you'll continue to do it without seeing progress the harvest will come in due season and one day somebody said somebody said if you're going to if you're going to uh, try to achieve certain health goals, uh, in month one, you start knowing a difference. You can tell a difference. Month two, uh, or pardon me, month one, you feel a difference. Month two, you see a difference. And month three, other people start seeing a difference. Some people never make it through month one. So they never get the benefit of month three. And that's what ends up happening in the spirit. In the spirit, you do things for a little while and you can't really tell and nobody else can really tell. But just keep sowing, just keep sowing, just keep sowing. And that harvest is coming, that harvest is coming. You sow the seed in faith, not based on what you see, but based on what you know. You know that God's word is true. You know that God is a healer. You know that God is able. You know that God loves you. You know that God will provide. So you sow the seed. Knowing in whom you have believed and being persuaded that he is able to perform that and to keep that which you have committed against that day. So sow the seed in prayer and you will reap the harvest that prayer brings. Not only can you sow to the Spirit through prayer, but you sow to the Spirit in Bible reading. Everybody say Bible reading. And if you think Bible reading is productive, you ought to try Bible heeding. A lot of people do Bible reading, but they don't like Bible heeding. If you will heed the word when you read the word, folks, you're going to have a harvest of plenty in your life. God is going to bring a harvest into your life if you will obey his word. Hallelujah. I can tell you where where our troubles come from our troubles come from when we don't heed the word of the lord so i want to tell you a way to sow to the spirit read the word of god and heed the word of god james chapter 1 
Verse 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you're a doer of the word or if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, for instance, I'm up here talking about praying. If you hear me talk about praying, but then you don't make prayer a regular significant part of your life, you have heard it, but you're not doing it. You're a hearer of the word. You're not a doer of the word. You will never receive the power and the beauty of the harvest. Notice what James said about it. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers only, because if you do, you are deceiving your own selves. It is easy to hear the word of God, walk out of here and say, wow, God spoke through his word. That's great. Thank God. I'm glad. I'm grateful. But you've got to do it. To experience the benefit of it. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So for me to hear the word and not do the word is like me waking up in the morning, checking myself out in the mirror, Seeing a mess in the mirror and, and walking away like, I got this. Looking good today. Not combing my hair, not brushing my teeth, not taking care of business. Like I need to take care of it. I'm like, a, if I hear the word and don't do the word, it's like I'm looking in the mirror, seeing my flaws, but not being concerned about it. You walk away and you forget what manner of man you are. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue with therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. See, when you're a doer and not just a hearer, the word becomes the work. See, if you're just a hearer, it's always the word. But if, if you will be a hearer and a doer, the word transitions from word to work. And the scripture says, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Oh, hallelujah. How many want to be blessed in their deed? Ah, Lord have mercy. It is a matter of sowing the seed and reaping the harvest. So, so prayer is a way to sow to the spirit. And Bible reading and Bible heeding is a way to sow to the Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, when, when somebody sees a contradiction in the scriptures that they think is a contradiction in the scriptures and, or, or they see something that doesn't make sense to them, it can be understood through rightly dividing the word of truth. This is the word of truth. Now, if you don't rightly divide it, then you will never experience its benefit. But if you will study to show yourself approved unto God. See, I, I have to study this book to see what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I can't take everybody else's word for it. I have to study to show myself approved unto God. Folks, I'm telling you, when I stand before him in judgment, it's not going to work for me to say, but, 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 but they said, and, and I remember he tweeted, and I read, I read her devotional. And no, 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 I, that's all good. Follow good people and, and, and read good stuff and be edified and be blessed. But you better have a relationship with the word of the Lord. You need to be able to quote scripture. You need to be able to speak scripture. Do you know how the Lord resisted the temptation of the enemy? He said, it is written. Do you know why he was able to resist the temptation? Because he knew what was written. So many people fall to temptation because they do not know what is written. Hallelujah. But if you'll sow to the Spirit, 
by understanding what is written. Glory to God. If you'll read what is written and pray what is written, you will understand what is written. That's the harvest. That's the harvest. With all thy getting, get understanding. How do you get understanding? You sow seeds of prayer and study of the word. And you reap the harvest of understanding. Praise God. I want to tell you another way to sow to the spirit. Attend the house of God. I'm so glad to see you all here on this Wednesday night. Amen. It's just great to see everybody. Thank God that you're here. You are sowing to the spirit right now. What you're doing right now is sowing to the spirit. You are, you are taking care because what's happening is this word of God is seed. You are opening your soul like a fertile field. And the seed is going into your soil, into your ground. And that seed is, is getting down into the soil of who you are. You, right now you are sowing to the Spirit. You, see, you're in a season of sowing, so, so you may not even realize all the good that is being done. But there is seed going into your spirit right now, and it will produce fruit. It will produce harvest. It will produce vegetation. It's not the only thing. You can't just go to church and think, well, I did my, I did my thing. Now all is well. No, no, no. There's, there's more ways to sow to the Spirit. But attending to the house of God is a very important way of sowing to the Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You got stuff, when you come to church and you, and you just hear the word of the Lord and you minister to people who are here and you have fellowship with people of like precious faith and you, and you worship God together and you praise his name together. Folks, stuff is growing in your character. You won't even know it's there until you need it. You won't even know it's there until all of a sudden a desire is no longer in you that you used to have. A desire for sinful things. And all of a sudden you don't have that desire like you used to have it. And you wonder what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You've broken up fallow ground. You've allowed seed to be planted into the soil of your soul. And God is producing a harvest of integrity in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's doing it. God is doing it. Praise the Lord. And so, attending to the house of God. Notice what Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 through 25 says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Very important. And he tells us why. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. My Lord have mercy. How many see the day approaching? You see the day approaching? I mean, you, 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 have to, you have to be oblivious not to see the day approaching. The day is approaching. My goodness. And it's been approaching for a while, but it, it, feels like, it feels like it's coming at us faster than ever before. The day is approaching. You better get to the house of God. You better get to church. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't miss out on these opportunities where the Spirit of the Lord ministers to His people. You know, God can minister to you absolutely he can minister to you but i will tell you this as an individual he can minister to you in a in a in an isolated setting he can absolutely do it but but i will tell you this god visits individuals differently than he visits his collective body there is a there is a unique way that God interacts with an individual and then there is a unique way that God interacts with the collection of his people and God relishes the opportunity to reveal himself to a wide swath of people this is what he did with Israel they were looking out upon that mountain and God was thundering on the mountain because he had, a, he had a, a larger audience. 
And he could speak to this whole audience of people. And that's what we have to understand. When we come together, God is ministering to the whole body of Tree of Life Church. And it's, and it's good to grow together. It's good to grow together. It's good to have the same foundation. It's good to be able to, to build up the pillars that need to be in place and the two-by-fours that need to be in place, line upon line and precept upon precept and here a little and there a little. And so it's good for the body to gather together, worship God together, hear the word together, encourage one another. Do you know there's somebody here tonight that needs you to provoke them to love? Oh, hallelujah. You know, it can be a casual conversation on the way out up the middle aisle. You're just, you're just walking up the middle aisle saying, I'll see you tomorrow or Sunday. But, but in the course of that conversation, something you say or something they say provokes us to love. Hallelujah. How many have ever had that when just in a fleeting conversation with another believer, God drops something into your spirit? That's the way the body of Christ works. Don't forsake that. Don't stop letting that happen. It's a way you can sow to the Spirit by attending to the house of God. And the book of Acts chapter 2. Now, we love Acts chapter 2. Amen. Everybody who loves Acts chapter 2, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We love us some Acts chapter 2 and for good reason because within that chapter it's the first time that the response was given to the question what shall we do? And so the first response, the precedent for responding to that question is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We call it the plan of salvation. And so, so I want to read to you. This is what got people's attention. Verse 36 Peter is preaching to the Jews that gathered on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's when Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words. See, we always talk about the words in Acts 2.38. And sometimes we talk about the words in Acts 2.39. But there were other words. In, in other words, He was building on this foundation of salvation, teaching them how to stay saved. With many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now listen, then they that gladly received his word, they were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Listen to what they did. They continued steadfastly, not wishy-washy, but steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in the apostles' fellowship, in the breaking of bread. That's important. We need to be breaking bread with each other. We need to be eating together. We need to be sitting down having conversation. Now, now, now listen, I, we had Sister Olga Hyde used to say she was a dear, dear friend of our family and, and she didn't go out to eat after church because she said uh, people like to go out to eat and gossip. And I thought, you know, she's kind of right about that sometimes. Don't gossip. Praise God. That's what we talk about over dinner. We talk about the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. We talk about the blessing of God. And don't, don't, don't try to sneak some gossip. And wrap it up cleverly. Like a prayer request. Now make sure you remember so-and-so because I saw them down. Don't be doing that. Just praise God. 
they, they, they continued in fellowship. They continued in the breaking of bread. They continued in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, that positive fear. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed were together, had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, parted them to all men as every man had need. They, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness, singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. That's sowing the seed. Here's the harvest. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, you go ahead and sow that seed. Now, you might think, well, I've been sowing this seed for so long. If they haven't got it by now, they're never going to get it. We are not the arbiter of such a thing. We are not the judge of such a thing. How long did it take us to come into the truth? How long did it take us to truly believe? How long did it take us to get our quote, act, unquote, together? Take the time that is necessary to sow the seed and God will send the harvest. These are ways that you can sow to the Spirit. Now, I want to, I want to talk about the fact that there is sowing to the flesh that can occur. And if you sow to the flesh, the same principles of harvest are in play. And just as you sow to the Spirit, you can sow to the flesh and you will reap the harvest that the flesh can bring. So, so listen. Remember word is seed. What word are you exposing yourself to? What lyrics are you exposing yourself to? Because you may think it's harmless. But those lyrics are going into your soul. As a seed. And they will bring forth a harvest. What words are you speaking because those words you are speaking will go forth into the ground in which they fall, and they shall bring forth the harvest. It will happen. It's a, it's a divine principle. It actually happens. Uh, whose, whose report are you believing? Who are you listening to? What friends are you running with? And, and what are you allowing them to speak into your life? You absolutely do not need to listen to gossip. You don't need to listen to corrupt communication. You don't need to listen to words of defeat, words of shame, words of condemnation. These words are sowing in you something that will come forth. It is of the flesh and it will bring forth corruption. Notice what Romans chapter 8 says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now that's awesome, right? No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But then he makes sure we understand. Listen, you may be in Christ Jesus, but I want you to understand who actually gets the benefit of having no condemnation. Here it is. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. Oh, I, I wish I could just take, I wish I could just preach on that the rest of the night. This is what Jesus did for us. He, he condemned sin in the flesh. Do you know how powerful that is? Now do you understand? God bless it. Now do you understand why we praise him? Because he was in my, thank you brother Joshua. He was in our kind of body. And he condemned the sin we were not able to overcome. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't condemn sin in a Superman costume. He didn't condemn sin in a Batman costume. He condemned sin in the flesh. Yeah. 
Because the law, which was perfect, was weak through the flesh. It was a perfect law. But because my flesh was so weak, I could never attain unto the perfection of the law. But Jesus condemned the sin in the flesh in verse 4 that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who, again, walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So if you're sowing to the flesh, then the righteousness of the law is not fulfilled in you. But if you walk after the Spirit, the righteousness of the law can be fulfilled in you. For they that are after the flesh, hear this very carefully, do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. Okay, you ready for this? For to be carnally minded... We talk about the carnal mind, right? To be carnally minded is inconvenient. For to be carnally minded is uh, not such a good idea. It's not what it says. For to be carnally minded is death. Some people are walking around dead in their trespasses and sins and don't know it because they are carnally minded all of that all of that that's weighing on you that's forcing you down it is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace so you sow spiritual mindedness you reap life and peace you sow carnal mindedness you reap death Verse number seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Do you hear that? The carnal mind is separated from God because it is not subject to the law of God, and it, can't, it cannot be subject to the law of God. Some people seriously try to serve God with their carnal mind. It is impossible. So, so it cannot be subject to the law of God. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This is why I, I hope and pray that I preach it like it needs to be preached. We need an absolute crucifixion of our carnal mind. Because in our flesh, we cannot please God. It is impossible to please God in the flesh. But you are not in the flesh, but are in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. My Lord have mercy. Y'all, it's a good thing this is Wednesday night because I'd be... I'd be shouting down this middle aisle. I wouldn't even be able to finish this lesson. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, my God have mercy, he is none of his. So let's talk about if somebody needs the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about if somebody needs to be filled with the Spirit. Any man that has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Oh, hallelujah. Because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for if you live after the flesh you shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live what am I I'm pleading with you to mortify the deeds of the body so that you can live do not consume things upon the lusts of your flesh do not indulge in the things of this world that your flesh lusts after because there's death wrapped up in it. 
but through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of your body, and you shall live. Oh, hallelujah. James chapter 1. We're going to go back to James chapter 1. And I'll read to you just a few verses of Scripture. And I'm, I'm not going to be much longer. I'm going to come to a close here shortly. But I just want to, I want to show you a principle. Talking about the sowing of seed and the reaping of the harvest. James chapter 1 and verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So that's where temptation comes from. It comes from what we lust. And then, and then we follow after our lusts and then we are enticed. So then the scripture says, now, now you, you say, well, yeah, everybody lusts. Everybody's got lust. You better get a handle on that. If that better yet, you better crucify that. Don't, none of this, none of this, everybody does it. None of this, it's okay because society has changed. Society is more accepting of it. None of that. There is a broad way, and many are in the broad way, and it goes straight to hell. So you looking around at everybody saying, well, they're doing it, they're doing it, they say it's okay, they say, and they're all on the broad way that leads to death, destruction, and hell itself. But there is a narrow way that leads to life everlasting. And the scripture says, when lust this little innocent little thing that you think is so innocent that when lust hath conceived, see, it's a seed that is sown. When lust hath conceived, it brings forth death. And sin, when it is finished, brings, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. This is the process. It is an unmistakable, undeniable process. Lust conceives, brings forth sin. Sin is finished, brings forth death. If you're enjoying your sin, it's not finished with you yet. But when it's finished, it brings forth a harvest. And the harvest is called death. I don't know what's going to die. I don't know who's going to die. But death will visit your life. Because when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. If you sow that seed, you will reap that harvest. Oh, I, I, I think you're being a little harsh. Oh, am I? Because the scripture says that Eve saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. That it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She, she, she was fulfilling all three of these things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh. A, a, it was good for food. The lust of the eyes. It was pleasant to the eyes. The pride of life. It was a tree to be desired to make one wise. And, and while she's standing there, the serpent comes into her, into her sphere and deposits a seed. Hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, the devil's going to be throwing a lot of different things your way, hoping one of them will catch. He'll be, he'll be depositing all kinds of things into your mind and speaking things into your ear and trying to get you to think a certain way. And, and see, lust can only conceive if you entertain what the devil is bringing against you and bringing toward you. This is why the Bible said, flee youthful lusts. You run from it. You flee it. You depart from it. You get away from it as fast as you possibly can. Because if you hang around and entertain it, lust is conceived. You don't even know what happened altogether. It's very small, but it starts growing. It starts growing. It goes through a process. It goes through an incubation. And then all of a sudden, it brings forth sin. 
and you still think it's okay because there is pleasure of this world in sin. But when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So Eve let the lust be conceived. It brought forth sin and the fact that she was deceived and Adam was disobedient. And it resulted in the death of every man. Every human being to walk the face of the earth. Ananias and Sapphira got this idea. This idea to lie to the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira said, I got this really good idea. We will lie to the Holy Ghost. We'll say that we're bringing everything we own. That's what we'll say. That's what we're doing. And we'll we'll lay it down at the apostles' feet and pretend like we're giving all. And then we'll walk away. Sound like a good idea. It's not a good idea. But the lust was conceived. The lust, the lust for that money was conceived. And they, and they started to frame a lie. And when they come to Peter, they lay it down and say, this is, this is all we have. And, and, and Peter looked at them and said, listen to what he said. He said, why hast Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? See, that's where lust comes from. That's where sin comes from. Satan deposits a seed. Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? That's what he said to to, uh, Ananias. What he said to Sapphira was, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine own heart? To lie to the Holy Ghost. So it starts with Satan filling your heart. With Satan trying to deposit a seed. But the lust is only conceived and can only be conceived if you entertain the thought. That's why when the devil starts trying to tempt you through the lusts of your own flesh, you turn it off, you tune it out, you run away, you log off, you discontinue that relationship, you get away from that friendship, you get out of there. Eve, run from that tree. Ananias, Sapphira, stop talking like that. Don't start framing a lie. The devil is filling your heart with an idea that is not of God. And it will eventually, the more you entertain it, it will manifest itself. See, you think the thought is safe in the confines of your mind. You think that the thought is safe in the context of your thought. And that nobody can know what you're thinking. And you just got it all locked up inside your mind. You are being a fool. It is is growing in there. It is an incubation. And it's going to be brought forth as a sin in your life. And that sin will defile you and bring forth death. Exactly what happens. Samson just kept walking down into those into those places. He had no business going. And eventually it brought forth sin. And when sin was finished, it brought forth death. That's how it goes. That's how it works. So I want to I want to help you to understand how not to sow to the flesh. Of course, the way that you Stop sowing to the flesh is to sow to the spirit. See, if you'll sow to the spirit, then the, the works of the flesh lose their control over you. But notice what Romans chapter 13 says in verse number 11. That knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore, hear me now, cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting. Not in drunkenness. Not in chambering. Not in wantonness. Not in strife. Not in envying. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make, here it is, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. See, some people make provision for the flesh and then lie to themselves and tell themselves that they'll be strong enough when the moment comes that they will not fulfill the lusts thereof. That's incorrect, that's foolish, that's the devil deceiving you. And he's got a partner, the devil has a partner It's a double agent. 
It's your flesh. Your flesh is in cahoots with the devil. Your flesh is a double agent. I know you think that flesh is on your side. The flesh is not on your side. You're sleeping with the enemy. In your own skin. Your own heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Hi, God have mercy. You need to hear the word of the Lord and not take into account the direction that your flesh would give you. Your flesh will get you in trouble every time. Ah, Lord, make not provision for the flesh. So, so what a word, right? Provision. Provision. You need to have vision that, that sees down the road. And make provision for the things of the Spirit. That's why you do need to be here on Wednesday night Bible study. That's why you do need to be at regular appointed times of prayer. Be in the house of God to worship God. Be in the house of God to praise God. Have accountability partners. Have people that are praying with you. Have people that are talking to you. And have people that are of like precious faith. You better have somebody that's baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody that's filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody who demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit. You don't need somebody who's got, who's got deeper, more, more uh, pervasive issues than you do. Trying to give you guidance, you need somebody that's going to be speaking life into you and somebody who practices what they preach. Hallelujah. 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 You know what? I just, all I want, I, all I want is for you to stand in the beautiful harvest field of God that he has for your life. And I don't want the enemy to come in and sow tares among the wheat and try to destroy the good thing God wants to do for you on earth and in eternity. And if you'll sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit life everlasting. And so if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh corruption. How many want to sow to the Spirit? If you do, could you lift your hands and your voice unto God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and give God praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the holy name of our God. Blessed be the holy name of our God. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, that's it. Praise Him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, if you need victory over the lusts of the flesh, I want you just to begin to give God praise right now. Say, Lord, I come to you by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Help me, strengthen me, encourage me, give me grace. Hallelujah. Give me strength. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Help me to run this race with patience. That is said before us, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what every one of us ought to do right now? Every, every one of us, every one of us ought to reach out to God for help right now in this place. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving the Lord. Every day is a new day. And let any man that think he stand, take heed lest he fall. Hallelujah. You need the Holy Ghost more than you've ever needed it before. You need the Word of God to be settled under your feet more than ever before. You need to have a new commitment to continuing steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You need the fellowship of the redeemed to surround you and to pray for you and to build you up. Hallelujah. In the most holy faith. Hallelujah. 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 This isn't the time to withdraw. This isn't the time to isolate yourself. This isn't the time to backslide or turn away. But it's time to dig in. It's time to dig in. It's time to pray more than you've ever prayed. It's time to learn more about God than you've ever learned about God before. <laughs> Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. 
Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can stand if you want to stand. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody go ahead and pray through right now. Go ahead and pray through right now. So to the Spirit for a little while. So to the Spirit for a little while. Come on, that's it. Go ahead. That's it. Go ahead and crucify the flesh for a little while. Crucify the flesh. Hallelujah. Have you died today? Have you died today? Has your flesh died? Has your pride died? Oh, Lord. Consuming fire. Sweet perfume. His awesome presence fills this room. This is hope. Woo! Hallelujah. 